0: Hello and welcome to the Wedding Dish Podcast. Grab your fork and knife and take a seat at our table as we dish on all things weddings. You'll hear stories and tips from real couples and wedding pros about love, life, and entrepreneurship. Let's dish. I am Sarah Alipin. I'm the host of the Wedding Dish and the CEO of Photos from the Hardy and District Bliss. And today we have a really exciting guest here. So it is um really important to think about so many pieces of weddings right like we know this and today we're actually going to be talking about a little bit of a departure from our normal um you know planning process we are speaking with the tent guy Adam Keller thank you so much for being here
1: thank you for having me
0: I'm really excited to talk to you about some of the pieces that kind of go a little bit um, unplanned for until you start thinking about maybe plan B sometimes or when you're talking about um, when you actually like know you need a tent, but it, it's kind of one of the later pieces in the wedding planning process. So um, I'm, I'm really excited for you to share this info with everybody.
1: Right. Um, you say later pieces in the process. If you're planning on having a wedding in your backyard – it should be the first thing you do.
0: Yeah. But I think it's also one of the things people don't think about until they get further in to the planning right. process. That's one of the reasons I think it's so great you're here.
1: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, if you if you are going to have an outdoor wedding anywhere um, and it's you're in a climate where you need a tent where it's going to rain or it's really hot and you want shade, it, the second you decide that you're going to have the Wedding outdoors, you call the rental company.
0: Yeah, for sure, and and for a whole onslaught of reasons. So um, let's actually let's start there. Why why is it so important to think about the tent as one of the first pieces?
1: Um, so it's common. A lot of people will call with like two months left. They left the last piece. They got everything else. Um, they think they just assume that the rental companies have a billion tents waiting. Um, When our goal really is to like get reservations so that we're guaranteed we know what is going out So it's just like any other wedding like people may be Booking a venue a year in advance a year and a half Uh, the tent is the venue basically and The people who are on top of things are booking us a year to two years in advance Um, Two years is kind of extreme but usually a year in advance so for the people who are waiting for three months in advance I'm sorry, we've already rented, we've already reserved the things and promised stuff to other people. I mean, if we have something, yes, we, we're going to do it. But our goal is not to have something by that time.
0: Yeah. So consider this your PSA if you're planning your wedding. <laughs> yeah. If you want the tent you want, you need to plan for it early. Um, and and that's another piece of, of the pie that I want to talk to you about too. Um, so there are a lot of a lot of different types of tents. Um, can you kind of talk about like the benefits of having um, a traditional tent versus um, versus like a clear top tent?
1: Yeah. So the most common tent is going to be called your pole tent. It's going to be able to go up in people's backyards where there's grass, um, where you can put stakes into the ground because a pole tent is held up by center poles and tension. So the stakes are holding the center poles in place with the tension to the side. Uh, That's gonna be your least expensive option. Those are always, there's no clear in those because the the tension would rip the clear. Uh, Then the next option is going to be a frame tent. A frame tent can be staked, it can go anywhere. It can be staked in the grass. There's way less stakes, um, but it can also go on pavement. It can go on, you know, the top of a building, you know, like a big deck up there. It's, It's more versatile. It is a whole lot more expensive, Um, but there's no longer tension involved in there. So the, the, the frame is the structure and the vinyl is on top of the frame. So then you can get a clear tent Uh, the thing to think about with clear tents is it's a greenhouse, so they're not really that great in June and July. They're better in in the early months. Like I'm in New York, so I'm kind of going from that perspective, um, better in the spring and the fall or cooler times. Uh, If you are going to be doing it in the middle of the hot season, you're going to need expensive AC units. And it's not just like a unit that's at your house. Like, it's a big tow-behind unit. It's going to cost a lot of money to get. And depending on your area in the country, not every city has it because it's a very expensive item to buy and thus rent. So you're going to have to go to, like, probably the largest city near you and see if someone has that and get, get it trucked in and they're very expensive so clear although it's wicked cool um has its downsides and a lot of added expense to it depending on the time of year and then there's another one called sailcloth tents which is all the rage they're basically the same size as any other tent they're made with a slightly different material and for us on our end it costs about three to five times more to buy the same size tent in sailcloth so if you want a sailcloth look uh It's gonna cost you three to five times more to rent that same size tent, but in self cell cloth.
0: Interesting. Okay, can you tell me a little bit about a little bit more about that? Because I can't even picture it.
1: So it's more of a translucent material. So during the day, there's not really much of a look to it that's much different. But at night, when you take those outside photos, the lights and everything that's inside the tent is basically shining through. The ceiling—it's more translucent. It's not clear. <laughs> it just allows light through. Whereas most tent materials called out. it doesn't let light through.
0: Okay, that's so interesting. And I now, I, now that you say that, I have seen that. I've I've photographed a couple weddings with those, um, but I didn't really register that there was a particular difference. That is, it does look really cool at night.
1: It does, but you're paying about five times more for the same size tent. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That is absolutely true. Um and it's good to go in knowing that and expecting it. Um are those waterproof?
1: Um so no tent is waterproof. It's just water resistant. Yeah, that's that's what everyone says. That's what we all put in our contracts that um tents are water resistant. Because these these really really big tents are not one piece. They have sections that we put together on site on the ground and then put back up. So there is lace lines where sections come together uh and you know water can get in it's not like raining in there but uh you know if it's a torrential downpour all day long you're gonna get some drips so tents are water resistant not waterproof
0: that is a great distinction um i've had i think the only time that we had water that i saw coming in a tent was when it was uh, during a hurricane and honestly the floor was all flooded out anyway like the grass underneath so it right. wasn't it wasn't a big deal that there were some drips
1: <laughs> yeah no. your feet
0: were soaked anyway
1: <laughs> right if you're renting a tent, you're mostly staying dry it's in the extreme conditions where some water will get through that's all
0: yeah absolutely absolutely that's so fascinating um so the other, the other cool thing, I mean, obviously all of these have like really awesome benefits and, and also, you know, everything, just like everything, you get what you pay for and you are going to, um, have some cons with each style as well. Um, and I know you are talking about the clear tent being kind of a greenhouse, um, and the, the need for the air conditioning unit, um, two things with the air conditioning unit that I just want to make sure we point out here. One, they can be very loud. Um, yeah. So just, like, keep that in the back of your mind if you are planning that type of wedding. And even if you need it for any type of tent, um, it's going to be kind of loud. So you need – you should make sure you factor that in. Um, and they are large. So it is going to take up a big piece of the underneath of the tent. So just, you know, as you plan – um. Make sure you have those those two pieces in your brain, um, especially if you don't have a planner who's helping you guide or guide you through all those pieces. Um, the other thing with the clear tent is that it provides no shade. <laughs> right. I know this seems like an obvious point, but I would just want to make sure it's clear. So it protects you from elements in terms of like, you know, if it's raining, it should protect you from that. Um obviously water resistant um not waterproof but the um i i just want to make sure we point that out to everybody that that's the purpose of the clear tent
1: yeah it's it's comes it's much better at night so if your wet if your wedding is gonna start later and end later that's when it's cool because then you can see the whole night sky um yeah. but if your wedding is at noon it's, it's not that great and um these tents are getting set up several days in advance. So the days that people are coming in to set up, whether that's uh, the couple or some sort of planner, it's hot in there and you're not going to be running an AC the entire time. you are just going to run it the day of the event. And yeah. on, on the ACs, like you can mitigate the sound because they are told behind. So it's on a trailer. It can be pretty far away with ducting that comes to the, um, to the tent, but you're going to be paying more for the ducting as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, Great, great point. I appreciate you making that clarification. Um, So in terms of renting tents, if you were to give any advice other than obviously do it early. (laughs)
1: Right.
0: Um, for wedding couples, couples planning their, their weddings, um, what would be some advice you would impart upon them when considering the type of tent, um, and, and, you know, their environment that they're planning their wedding in?
1: Okay. So the first thing I'll do the type of tent after, but the first initial stages, so you decided you're going to have an outdoor event. Um, you gotta figure out, you know, space and all these other things. Don't use an online calculator. There's a lot of online calculators that, you know, you go in punch in how many people you have, and then it tells you how what big tank you need. Uh, however, they they suck. They're horrible. Oh, um, that's, that's
0: unfortunate.
1: There's a lot of things that you need to think of. So when you call us, it's, it's, you know, you tell us your date, um, how many people you have, and then a good rental company is going to ask you a bunch of follow-up questions. Like, do you need room for a dance floor? Whether you're renting a dance floor or just dancing on the grass. We need to account for that based on the number of guests that you have. Are you doing a head table, sweetheart table, or sitting amongst your guests? Because if you're doing a head table with 14 people at it, head tables are gigantic, and it basically eats room from other tables. So, so if you had a sweetheart table, you could fit 25 extra people in the tent. If you got a head table, now you need a bigger tent to fit those same 25 people. Um, we need to know: is it sit down service? Is it buffet? What kind of services do we need to account for buffet tables uh we need to know what kind of bar service you're having you know do they have a big back bar how long the bar do you want whether you're renting a bar from us or you're hiring a service in um you know cake table gift table we we need to know as much information as you can so that we can then decide what size tent you need because the last thing anyone any rental company wants to do is show up based on you just say i need a 40 by 80 tent and we set it up and you go, you know, putting all your tables and stuff around. And then you're like, wow, we do not have any much, we do not have any more room. And then you're mad at us. So we want to get you in the right size tent. We actually want to give you a little bit more room than you need, uh, just cause it's always nicer to have more room than less room. So call us and then we will get you in the right size tent. Don't, don't just call us and say, I need this size tent. Cause most likely you are wrong. And that's gonna make your (laughs) wedding suffer in the end.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is probably the only time that you, I mean, there are going to be outliers out there who rent tents for their events that they host or, or work for a company where they have to rent tents for fundraising events or something like that. But for the most part, this is the first time that you're experiencing renting this type of tent um, and needing to plan for those logistics. So um, and this is something that I often find comes up in this podcast on The Wedding Dish, um, is you really need to communicate with your professionals and trust your professionals. Um, It's very rare that somebody is going to recommend like the largest tent humanly possible. Just, you know, they're not going to do – Like, that's a bad customer experience. They want their clients to be – everybody wants their clients to be happy. So um, trusting your professionals and asking questions if you feel like you may need, you know, a little bit more clarity on something. but you, nobody if if it's raining um if there's a reason that you know you have a tent um that you really need the tent in as opposed to want the tent um you don't want your bartender outside because nobody's going to want to go stand in the rain to go get themselves a drink right. um. And also, you know, like, and then, okay, so then you're putting up a pop-up tent that doesn't necessarily look great. So um, that kind of thing can be, and even then, you know, if they're further back from the tent, you're still going to be asking your guests to walk in the rain. Um, So those are really important things to consider and maybe stuff that falls off our list. Um, Because again, first, generally speaking, first time you're renting a tent and having a bartender (laughs) and a dance floor.
1: Right. Yeah, just give us as much information as you can. And You mentioned a good word, logistics. I have that in my notes. You got to let us know the location logistics too, um, because rental companies just assume it's in their contract. Like our delivery is to a convenient location. So if your uh, wedding is in the backyard, we're in your driveway, going around your house. But if you're at a place where you know you have a bunch of steps down to a tennis court, or you're actually like half a mile back in the woods or uh, where you're at, so you're not getting a tent, we're just renting other things, there's an elevator, or any sort of delivery logistics, uh, that causes time on our end, and you wanna let us know that so we can give you the appropriate price, as opposed to us showing up, and then the entire crew that's there just having like a bad morale. You don't want your rental crew um, to to really hate your location. If they know what it is going in, then they're fine with it. And if we show up and it's like, wow, there's four flights of stairs down to a tennis court by the lake and we got to hand, you know, carry everything, we're going to say, okay, so your bill is now $2,000 more.
0: Uh, Well, and to add on to that, you may not have your tent set up in time. Right well, so and you're not gonna you're not gonna avoid fees by not telling people that's the other you know that's the other thing, right? Like you sign a contract, so it's not um, it's like the old myth where if you um, tell your photographer that it's a family gathering versus a wedding, they're gonna charge differently. Um, that isn't accurate. Um, the, and maybe that was way before I started wedding photography in 2005. It's totally possible that was accurate. Um, but people told me that when I was getting married. And that was like such a... But it's the same with, um, you know, if there are going to be fees, the fees are going to be there re- regardless. So you want to have everybody that's coming to vend at your wedding to to work with you, to work for you. Um, you want them to all be, first of all, have a great experience because you want the vibes around your wedding to be really positive um and then also to have the appropriate amount of time equipment all the things that they need in order to get set up because the last thing you want is your wedding to be like an hour and a half late because you didn't tell the the tent um install installation team that you they needed to hike half a mile into the woods
1: yeah yeah I, on that um, that's that's a very good point. most so most rental companies for like a big wedding tent are going to set up well in advance. So if you're getting married at a location that's not yours where they say you have to set the tent up that morning and take it down that night, that is a big thing. You need to yep. tell them immediately um, yep. I personally turn all those down because it takes about five hours to set up a wedding tent um, and then when the wedding's done at 11 o'clock, I don't want to be taking it down that night. So a lot of companies actually just don't do it. So we actually set up tents on Wednesday and then take them down either Sunday, Monday, or Tuesday. Now, if you're doing a very complicated setup where you have like uneven ground where you're building an entire floor that's completely level, you got a lot of crazy stuff. Um, the company may come in a week and a half in advance because it's going to take a week to prep everything. So that's another thing a lot of people don't think about is the time frame for these Uh, So get on page with your rental company when these tents are usually set up. Um, We don't really give you times six months a year out because we're waiting until we're closer. So we know all the logistics of everything we're doing Um, because it's not just your wedding. Um, But get a general idea of when setup is. Uh, It's not so important if it's in your backyard, but it is very important if you're renting space from somewhere else uh, to be on the same page and definitely try not to book those places where it's same day in same day out because it's a logistical nightmare for everyone involved.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And especially if you're doing like a plan B, maybe you need a tent kind of situation, um, which I guess actually let's, let's address that. Um, the plan B, maybe you need a tent. How does that work?
1: (laughs) Yeah. So you maybe need a tent for your ceremony. Um, maybe your reception's inside it somewhere, but on ceremonies outside, you're gonna book the tent with someone as a backup, as a plan B. And then every company's gonna be a little different. My company is, if you need it, we're gonna set it up. If you don't need it, you're still gonna pay 50% of it. You're 50% of your order. That's because it's a reservation. Our job is to take reservations and promise tents to people and not let other people get those tents. You put Someone put their money down on it, that tent can no longer go out. Um, so a rental company could have missed out on a whole bunch of other opportunities to get that tent out with various other stuff under it. Uh, so we're missing out on that opportunity by promising you, by guaranteeing you that if you need a tent, you have a tent. So it's kind of like an insurance policy. If you end up not needing it, you don't pay for the whole thing, at least in my company. Uh, you're just still going to pay with part of it. So. Yeah.
0: yeah, and so generally speaking, how long out um, does the couple need to make the decision if they are going to actually need the tent?
1: Um, so with my company, it's the day before uh, oh. set up when we tell you um, when we're going to set up. I said I don't do any same-day setup takedowns, so if there is a rain tent, we're doing it the day before. We're not doing it the, the day of. So if we told you we're setting up Friday, you need to tell us Thursday that you don't want it
0: anymore.
1: Some other companies companies might be a little harder with that. Some companies have, if the truck is loaded, it's paid for. You got to pay for it. Um, So if if it's a really, really big company and they have lots and lots of trucks and they're loading things up throughout the week so it's ready to go out on Friday, if they've loaded it on Tuesday, um, then you're paying for it. And so get with your company and what their policy is.
0: That is such good insight. Um, because I, I obviously don't plan weddings. Um, and I didn't, I got married in Paso Robles where it rains 11 days out of the year um, in California. And so we didn't really have a plan B um, situation and we didn't have a tent because it was kind of in the woods. Um, so <laughs> um I, assumed that you needed to make the call two weeks out?
1: Oh, like a call to get one?
0: Well, like if you needed to make like the plan B call.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you can call any rental company. If they have it sitting on the shelves, they're going to do it. Um, But it's better to have the the plan B reservation because you may call and no rental companies have any tents left because, like I said, our goal is to have stuff reserved, not to have anything left.
0: Yeah, I thought you had to cancel if you were going to like get any, you know, um, if you if you needed like whether or not, like, of course, you will have reserved it in advance because you will have listened to this podcast and you know you need to reserve your tent in advance. Right. <laughs> um, but I thought you needed to make the decision whether or not you were going with plan A or plan B two weeks out.
1: Oh, well, that, that can vary. This is not like universal across rental companies, but two weeks out would be, Definitely for like, I don't need, I don't need the, these tables, these chairs, blah, blah, blah. Um, but the the rain one is really like, you know, th- that's hard to do two weeks out.
0: Yeah, that was what I was thinking. So that's actually, I mean, that's kind of a relief and um, it, it, that offers a lot more peace of mind, I would imagine for couples.
1: Um, we like, <laughs> we actually like them when it's just a, when it's just a tent for over a ceremony, And that's really all you're renting from us. If it's, if it's going to rain and there's a, you don't need it. We actually like those phone calls because then it's free money, basically. Um, Uh,
0: Well, it was a a reservation. (laughs)
1: Yes. No, no. But the, where we wouldn't like it though, is if it was the entire wedding, where it was the tent, all the tables, all the chairs, all the linens, all the dishes, all that. And then you canceled. um, Then we're just like, Oh man, that was a big hit. Um, But either way, you make your reservation, it's promised to you.
0: Yes. Yeah. I mean, it would be really unfortunate if you made your reservation and then, like, who would want their money back versus, like, not having the tent be available when you actually needed to use the, the tent.
1: <laughs> right. Um, another thing that kind of goes in with this is um, sides, heaters, and we'll throw AC into this. So you yes. So make, you make your wedding... Um, plans a year in advance or six months or anytime uh, and you're like, well, I don't know about sides. I don't know about heater. I don't know about AC. Can we just wait till that week? Uh, yes, you can. But the thing is uh, you got to understand you're not the only person who's renting equipment. There's a lot of people. Uh, so yeah. come come that week if it's going to rain, uh, everyone is calling or by that time there's been people who have already reserved the sides, the heater, the, yep. the AC um and honestly no rental company has enough sides for every single one of their tents because like a lot of graduations or smaller parties they don't get sides at all um so if we had sides for every tent it's not economical for us to do that so we have you know 50 to 75 percent so sides heaters and acs are kind of like insurance it's better to have them and not use them than to need them and then you call every rental company in your area And no one has sides. Um, I even get, I rent out my sides all the time to other companies too, uh, because they ran out of sides, you know, six months ago and they need, they don't want to turn down a $5,000 wedding because they don't have 40 feet of sides. So not only am I promising sides to customers, I'm helping out my competition, friendly competition and giving them sides. So by the time you call for the sides that you were trying to save money on, if you didn't need them, they're already gone. And now you're wet.
0: Oh, that's such a good point. Or cold. I mean, it, this is the coldest winter on record in years on the right. East Coast. It's like twenty degrees here today. Although it is three degrees in Wisconsin, so I really can't complain.
1: <laughs> right. I don't. I don't know what it is here. I don't pay attention to the weather in the winter because the weather in the summer causes me so much stress. That in the winter, I just, I just check out. I don't care. Oh.
0: Well, your job is so weather dependent. You have to really like think about all of the pieces. I mean, it's different for me. I show up and it's kind of like it is what it is. I have a hood for my camera if it's raining and like I've got a really good rain suit if I need to be in the rain. But right. I mean, that's not, of course, your guests are probably not showing up in that.
1: Condition. No. As a tent company, we're scared of the wind, so I'm always looking for the wind. Usually, there's wind associated with rain.
0: Ah, that is true, especially on the East Coast. That's a big point. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we are going to take a super fast break on the wedding dish, and then I will be back with the tent guy, Adam Keller, in a couple seconds. And we are back on The Wedding Dish. I am your hostess with the mostest, Sarah Alipin, And today I am joined w- by Adam, who is the guy behind the tent guy. Um, thank you so much for being here today.
1: Yeah, thanks again for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm so you've been sharing such great information, um, and we were talking a little bit on the break. You made some good points, and you brought some things into my brain that I had kind of just buried somewhere. Um, and and they're really important pieces. So um, let's talk a little bit about catering and catering staff um, and and their needs for rentals.
1: Yeah, so obviously you need food. That's the biggest part of the wedding for <laughs> most most people. So. <laughs> There's various ways it's going to happen. You're either going to be at a venue who already has their food. um, But if you have a catering situation where you're at a barn or your own backyard or a park or wherever, some place that just doesn't have a catering staff, then you're going to need to hire a caterer. Now, the caterer may handle all this himself or herself. Um, They may have the equipment, but in most cases they don't because they're caterers. They like to cook food. That's what they do. And they don't want to show up inside of a kitchen. So they're going to get rentals. Um, they may directly contact the rental company or have one that they work with and then either upcharge the couple or just tell the couple what they, what they owe or have the couple contact the company to pay. Uh, or they may require the couple does everything. They'll tell you everything that they need and then the couple just contacts the rental company and gets that. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a big piece. It, it is pretty expensive uh it needs a tent it needs sides they need lights and then they need an oven a grill refrigerator um a hot box uh and then a lot of times you know they don't have dishes they don't want to be cleaning you know 500 dishes every single event they usually rent them so then you're gonna have a cost of dishes and glassware maybe in there uh, so it's definitely something to consider it's gonna if you're having your wedding in some place where you're gonna need to do that uh, it's going to add quite a bit to your wedding on top of just the catering bill.
0: Yeah, and I think there's a little bit of a misconception where some of these venues are more economical, right? Like a barn is economical, um, or a park is economical. Well, the reason being that they may or may not have bathrooms, they may or may not have a kitchen, um, and and those are two, you know, so. as much as you may save money, um, there are also other costs. So, you know, make sure as you budget for those things that you factor that in, because, um, the worst is, is not realizing it and then breaking your budget on, or not having the budget for it at the last minute. Um, so, um, and then, so generally speaking, and we were talking about this on the break, so I know I'm leading you here, but <laughs> right. um, generally speaking, um, how would you know your caterer needs a tent or any sort of equipment that to be rented by the couple?
1: Um, well, you don't because we we're talking about this one caterer in my area who doesn't mm-hmm. let the couple know. They have it like buried in their contract like, and it's not very good wording that the couple's responsible for the rentals. But they don't really let people know until like two weeks, like this is what we need. So if you're getting a caterer, just immediately ask like, yeah. are we going to have to pay for rentals? Are you going to need them? You know, it's the same thing with us. We want to know logistics um, and then you're going to want to know logistics from your caterer. So just ask them all the requirements, ask them if you're responsible for paying for the rentals or, or it it's just built into the bill already. Don't just um, assume your caterer I mean, you would just think that if you hire a caterer that you're going to get your food cooked, Um, but there's things behind the scenes, so just ask them. Just immediately get get into it uh, if your venue doesn't have a kitchen.
0: Yeah, and hopefully they tell you without, you know, but it is better to actually ask the question than it is to find out two weeks out from your wedding that you need to scramble to find a kitchen that, you know is probably already rented because as we've discussed, this stuff should be done in advance. So, um, and then, so we're talking about contracts, um, and, and the importance of actually reading the contract, um, you know there are a lot of there there are a lot of different laws in different states and things and and of course we are not lawyers <laughs> we right. we are not pretending to be lawyers on this podcast either. Um, but did you have any recommendations for people as they go through their rental contracts? Um, any like red flags or anything that they should look for or be aware of?
1: Um, not really. Except you just need to read it entirely. Every rental company is going to have a different contract. It's not across the board. I, work, I change my rental contract almost every like two to three weeks because we show up and someone did something stupid. and We're like, well, I guess we got to put that in the contract. Yep. Or, or <laughs> we show up and someone wants us to do something that wasn't in our contract that we are like, well, it takes a lot of time. So then we in the contract, say, if you want, like, here's an instance. Uh, if you want us to fill the holes where the stakes were on asphalt, it's going to cost this much per hole because so we have to you know, fill it with sand, it takes time. So the, the contract is just going to let you know all the extra fees, if there are any, that should be disclosed in the logistical part when you're talking to people. Um, it's also going to let you know our expectations. Like I have a very big expectation that says before we show up, you need to have lawn mode, uh, you know, at least one day in advance, and you need to have approximate location of the tent. Like You don't have to have it exact, but... Have something in the ground that shows us because rental companies, we're labor. We want to show up and get to work immediately. We don't want to wait an hour talking to people, being like, oh, this should go here, it should go there, oh, move it here. We want to just show up and go because it's very expensive. You know, we pay our employees a lot, our workers' comp is a lot. It's a lot to do with this kind of labor. So we want to show up, immediately start unloading the truck and setting the tent up. Uh, I have in my contract that any delays we're charging for. Like we show up all the time and the lawn's not mode and we gotta wait, and I say, well, we gotta charge for that, and they don't understand why. But. And I understand that they don't understand why. Uh but
0: well, yeah, it's I mean because you, you haven't done it before. But that's again one of the reasons to read your contract and talk to your people, your rental people about that kind of thing. And yeah, it's a delay. Like if you have twenty people standing around waiting for you to mow a lawn, that's that's a lot of money.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like so in my business, every hour that we're working costs me three hundred and fifty dollars. So that's the charge you're going to get if I got to wait an hour for you to mow your lawn. And then a big thing that um, couples should understand is we're exactly just like a venue, even though we're just portable. Uh, our deposit is non-refundable because if you booked a venue and canceled, uh, they missed out on all that opportunity to rent out their space to somewhere else. Well, same thing. We're missing out on the opportunity, not just to rent the tent, but... but maybe maybe the chairs you had could have went to another wedding maybe the tables could have went to another wedding or an entire wedding could have had your basic exact setup so yeah deposit- and your people yeah and my, my my staff so your deposit is us promising you that uh and it cannot go to anyone else because we promise it to so your deposit is going to be the same as a venue it's just not refundable
0: yeah, and that should be something that you all, that couples are aware of across the board. It's the same with your planner. It's the same with your photographer. It's the same with your florals. Anything where I'm holding that date, I, that means that I may have turned down um, my personal life stuff too. Um, I could have turned down attending. I've I've had to turn down attending weddings that I have booked. Uh, I've booked like you know my. a a client wedding and my friend's wedding I have then had to turn down um so and that that's happened um before because you know I've committed and if you cancel I can't now just buy a ticket like the next day and fly you know so it's um of course you know you and, and hopefully there is no reason that you will need to be canceling especially um you know we've got Things in pandemic world seem to be kind of buttoned up um, a little bit in terms of being able to jigger things.
1: (laughs) Right. Speaking of pandemic world, that is a big thing. So when people had to cancel because of the, in the beginning of all this, uh, I gave all deposits back because it's an unforeseen event. You know, it's unforeseen. You just can't plan for that. Um, Now, most rental companies have basically put in the contract, like, you understand that there's these risks in the world. Uh, if you don't if you don't go through with this time, you cancel, basically someone else is still gonna do it. So it's yeah. still the same situation. Um deposit is non refundable. You are understanding the risks.
0: Yeah. Well and of course like when we when we first went into the pandemic we were legally not allowed to work in the wedding industry right. so it wasn't as it you know so i and i was really super flexible with everybody as well i think i think everybody you know was pretty like did their best to be flexible um as long as they didn't have staff costs to cover cuz that was another piece that was kind of sad and and something um we don't need to like go too deep into but you know you still want to take care of your people that work right. for you um so in that case, you know, if then I I under I as a client would understand like I still want your people to be able to eat and live and and you know be able to get gas or whatever. Um bare minimum things in life should be still given to people. <laughs> right. So, um but yeah, that's that's a really important piece. Um I I I have only had one wedding that was canceled. That was not related to the pandemic. Um, and it is something that, you know, I, I understand you, obviously, if you have to cancel your wedding at the last minute, it's a very hard thing to be doing. Um, but you should be prepared to not receive deposits back. Yeah,
1: um, it's, not, it's not even last minute. We'll get people who um, cancel two weeks after. and, and wait, uh, we,
0: Oh, 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 after yeah, booking. Yeah, two I weeks, weeks after
1: like, booking. After- Yeah, um, sorry. Yeah, two weeks after booking because various reasons, obviously, but um, it's still not refundable uh, because within those two weeks, I maybe turned down five people. Um, Sometimes I'll try to, you know, be cool about it and be like, if I can rebook all your equipment, we'll work something out. I can't give you all back because we put time into this. We've made diagrams. We've met with you. We've maybe done a site visit.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean that – and that's absolutely accurate. Um, And and I try to be cool about things like that too and I'm glad – I think most people do. Nobody like feels great being like, hey, I'm just going to take your money um, kind of thing. So um, yeah. Uh, The other thing I want to touch on that we talked a little bit about during the break was table sizes. Um, I know we're talking about tents here but – that is a big piece of logistics in terms of, um, you know, that the amount of people, the number of tables you think are going to fit, the number of people is going to change the size of the tent. So, um, can you talk a little bit about table size and number of people that um, can comfortably fit at a table?
1: Yeah. So everything on the tent is going to be going into what size tent you need. So a lot of people want to get six foot rounds. Which seat ten people as opposed to a five foot round, which seats eight people. So intuitively, you just think you're going to be able to fit more people in. However, there's a huge, giant dead space in round tables. So six foot rounds need a twelve by twelve area in order to be able to, you know, just walk through. Everyone's comfortable not having to squeeze. Uh, Five foot rounds need a ten by ten area. So say say you've got a tent that's forty feet wide uh in that 40 feet you can fit four five foot rounds in four 10 by 10 areas that totals 32 people in that same area the six foot round 12 by 12 space you can only fit three and then that exponentially goes down the tent once you start adding more and more rows it's getting just taking up more and more space so if you do six foot rounds you need a much larger tent than five foot rounds Uh, so always go with the five foot rounds. If you're going for round, the the, the six foot round in a tent is really used for, like we have a family of 10 people. We can't break them up. Uh, so you put them there, but if the entire tent is six foot rounds, you're going to need a much, much larger tent. Alternatively, eight foot banquet tables, uh, you can fit way more in. They have a much smaller footprint, uh, so you could fit one and a half times the amount of people that you would be able to fit at five foot rounds if your setup was, banquet tables so six foot rounds although they're cool you can get a bunch of people at them they actually don't save any space they require much more
0: that's such a great point um and from the actual guest experience you're so much further away from the other side of the table and to turn to have conversations with the people next to you is much less comfortable than it is at a banquet table. Um, you know, in, in terms of my own experience, as you were talking about this, I was thinking about a wedding that I attended where it was like the people across couldn't hear you at all. Right. Um, it was just so, I mean, cause you've got music playing, it's not the same as like going to dinner or whatever, but, um, so, you know, that it makes sense to me that it has a larger footprint because my voice doesn't carry as far. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. No, I hate six foot rounds. Uh,
0: that's so interesting. That's a great point. I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, so, Uh, before we, before we close out, I, I kind of want to talk to you a little bit about venues and, um, and, and if you have any suggestions, do's and don'ts kinds of things for venues that need to work with a rental company or tent rental company.
1: Yeah. So if it's a venue contacting directly or you, the couple have rented the place at the venue and there's an intermediary, it's still the same thing. We need to know all the logistics of where to back up, where to pull in, uh, how tall things are we have to go under something to get to the venue our trucks are sometimes 13 feet tall um and then great point venue's got to understand that if they require like the rental company to come pick up at midnight because they got another wedding the next day there's going to be a massive charge because if i have to send people out at midnight to pick stuff up i can't then expect those same employees to be in at eight o'clock the next day so i either got to find other people or hire some like people that aren't going to be that great um so late night pickups at a venue if it's required is very expensive
0: that's a really good point um and that's something for couples to be aware of as well because you know that might be a charge that then gets kicked to you
1: yeah um we hate them we prefer to do at least one day in advance and one day two days later but if it's a place that that does a friday wedding saturday and sunday wedding to maximize profits they need that stuff in and out, and you're going to be someone's going to be paying for it.
0: Ideally, those venues would talk to their couples and say, There will be a tent set up at this location. Would you also like to use it? And then upcharge the couple. <laughs> I mean, right. That would like make sense for the venue, but I mean, not great for the cu- Or like the couple then gets a discount because it's already set up, and maybe that gets passed along to friday saturday sunday or even thursday friday saturday sunday team and then i mean that just that would be the ideal situation for everyone like right. hey this tent is here as long as the couple of course wants it
1: yeah exactly um, um, we've come into situations like that where you know friday wedding saturday wedding needed the same size tent at this particular venue and uh i had to talk to the venue owner because they were like oh you should pay 50 percent, and they should pay 50 uh and i yelled at the the venue owners. Ah. You can't do that because if they don't get this tent, I would have picked it up that morning. This is more in a catering tent situation. I would have picked that up that morning and brought it somewhere else and got a hundred percent. So the most I'm going to do is maybe 15% discount to each of them. It's not a 50, 50. They don't get to pay 100%, but 50 here and 50 there.
0: Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, yeah, that's absolutely accurate. Um, and then do you have any recommendations for wedding planners? I mean, rentals are such a big part of the wedding planner's portfolio when when being booked by a couple. Um, do you have any like do's and don'ts, uh pro tips for our planners out there who are looking to build their relationships so that they have this really great rental company? Because that's a huge, huge piece of of a planner, you know, the logistics they take care of of all that stuff so it having a good rental company to work with is a really big deal for a planner
1: yeah because a planner doesn't want to be a rental company they don't want to own all this stuff as well they just want a resource to go get it from okay so so when we get phone calls from rental planners and this is across the board i've talked to hundreds of rental companies on these facebook pages we're like oh my god they're calling because in (laughs) in general Um, You know, there's so many planners out there that the bad ones outweigh the good ones. And it's just like a bad experience. Planning is in the name. And what we find is that most are incapable of planning. Um, I have a few that we have no problem with. We love working with them. So what happens is the planner doesn't give us logistics. The planner doesn't give us anything, any information. Um, You know, they don't tell us there's a tiny elevator and, and then we're surprised and then we charge the planner and then the planner is like, Oh, I, my margin's gone. Um, so planners are sometimes very difficult to work with in order to be a good planner and have a good relationship with a rental company. Um, you want to give the rental company all the logistics of the site. Um, the good planners send, even though the information's not that important to us, they send that entire list of like what everyone's expected, like the photographer, you know, timelines and stuff um the planner should pay deposits the same the customer does uh it's, it's just good etiquette you're still a customer unless you have worked something out a lot of times planners want discounts which i understand um but so in my experience what's happened is i get planners in all the time they come in and say i'm gonna give you so much business give me a 10 20 discount straight in the beginning in the beginning, I was like fooled by that. I'm like, okay, okay, great, yeah, this is gonna be awesome. And then, then they only use you here and there. Um, they tend to think this is in my area. They tend to think that we're there, that they are our biggest customers, and that they're very, very important to us. When in reality, like they order so much, like they just don't do the quantity that they think they're doing in their head. Like I can just go to one wedding and make ten times the amount of what they've done in the past three years um so they're not that important to us the rental company is more important to the planner than they are to us um but they think that they're more important so they want all these discounts so most rental companies that have gone through this experience will be like all right once you reach a hundred thousand dollars in rentals from us then we'll talk about a discount because we want to prove we want you to prove that you're actually what you're going to say you are we're not just going to believe you um and uh, call, be like a couple you call in advance. Don't call the week of me like, Oh, I need this for this wedding If you've had that wedding on your books for six months, you should have had the rentals organized for six months. A lot of times planners will just call rental companies at the at the last minute and then be mad that we can't do it because we, we don't have it. Um, so yeah, the good ones I work with are very excellent planners. Logistic wise, they pay their bills on time. Um, and they don't, and they understand that they are not our most important customer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think that that's something that's easy to fall into across the board with weddings where you, you think, you know, it's. You're the most important piece. And sometimes, you know, everybody's running a business. So um, as much as you are incredibly important, you may not be the most important. So um, that's a that is a great um, that's a great yeah, piece of I, advice. And I of like course, I,
1: sorry, I sound like I went off on them. Um, there's definitely good experiences. Um, but, you know, like I said, all the companies I talk to when I'm wedding planner calls, were just like, oh, my God. Um, you well, don't want to be that company. You want to be the one where, like, oh yeah,
0: yeah, cool. Yeah, exactly. Like you, the problem with bad experiences, especially in this industry, is that they stand out so much more than the good experiences because, generally speaking, the good experiences are are great experiences, and that's the. The majority of them. but when it's a bad one, it's it's so bad that it's like you've got like seven different stories from that one experience that that shouldn't have happened to begin with. So it, it makes it you know it's so bad that it like becomes like a you know it sticks out. Right. unfortunately. I totally get it. Um, and you know that that's also one of the reasons when you are choosing a planner as a couple, to really talk to them about like their expertise and um and not just you know the face value things, but ask them like the questions. You know, do you have a rental company that you prefer to work with? Will you provide all the logistics? Um, I-, I think that's a great question to ask them because the last thing you want is you're not having all of the setup done, or you know there can be a whole bunch of things that can happen if the planner is busy dealing with something that they didn't. Plan for. Um, they didn't tell you that the elevator was a teeny tiny elevator um, that's really only intended for like one person that weighs 150 pounds um, or something. Like then that's going to take a very long time to get your your stuff up and down the elevator. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you know, I think making sure that you have that you're hiring a good planner as a couple is is really really important, um, and not just for. Their portfolio or their Instagram, you know, ask them, ask them the questions.
1: Yep, yeah, the, there is a wedding planner in my area. She can't get anything from any rental companies in the area because she's burned so many bridges with us. She needs to go two or three hours away to get things in. So oh. it'd be cool to know that um, that your wedding yeah. planner is well respected among the event community.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and you can ask your other, you know, if you don't hire your planner first and you hire your venue first, you can ask if they have a preferred planner or one that they generally like working with that kind of thing, or if they have a few. And you can ask your photographer if you get your rentals first, um, which clearly is not a bad idea. Um, then, yeah. uh, then you can ask your rentals people. We all know each other. It's a very, um, you know, unless we're traveling and it's a destination for all of us, then. Um, then we tend to know each other and we know the good ones. We know the ones that aren't as good and we know the ones that are going to fit your needs too um, after we've had a conversation with you. So don't be afraid to ask your vendors for referrals to, you know, they they'll be honest with you. Right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here with me today, Adam, and, and, um, and joining us on the wedding dish. Where can people find you online?
1: Um, so I have a YouTube channel all about the event rental industry. It's more geared to teaching people how to start the same business I'm in. And that's called the tank guy and other entrepreneur stuff. But if you just search the tank guy, uh, I I pop up right on YouTube.
0: And we'll link out to that as well. Um, and again, Adam is in the, um, central New York area. So, um, New York state, not the city, not downtown, you know, (laughs) just to be clear on that. Um, Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you being here. This was a great conversation. Um, It's fun to talk about some of the more logistical things that – a lot of times we talk about like uh, the more aesthetics or whatever on this podcast. So it's kind of fun to use that part of my brain. So I appreciate you coming on here. Um, And thank you everyone for tuning into the wedding dish. Um, I so appreciate you all. And if you want to find us online, you can go to the wedding dish You'll be able to read our show notes. You'll get the links for uh, if you want to follow up with Adam, the tent guy, you can apply to be a guest. Um, and all the good stuff there. You can also follow us on Instagram at the Wedding Dish Podcast. Um, and you can send us episode ideas. You can send us questions before when we do our listeners' questions episodes. Um, and don't forget to tune in next week. We have another exciting episode coming up. And until then, cheers.